<laughs> Speaking from the back today. Great. Morning, everyone. Good to see you. Oh, just put this up a little. Just want to um, underline a couple of things that have been said, if that's okay. During that, um, that wonderful song, um, Helen sung about uh, giving God our, our brokenness. And I just, I just felt that's really important uh, for us this morning. Um, particularly for some individuals maybe. You've only got to turn on your telly, haven't you, or open a newspaper to see that the world's broken. You see famine, hurricanes, you see broken relationships, you see knife crime, you see all sorts of stuff. And, and of course, we all make our own little contribution to that with what's inside us, don't we? Our own problems and difficulties, the, the general crud that gets in, in our lives. And the Bible calls that sin. It's a broken world, but it's also a gorgeous world. You wake up this morning uh, and the sun's shining and the flowers are out and it, you just think, this is a wonderful, I won't sing it, but what a wonderful world. You, do, you know, it's both at, at the same time and that's how God, that's how God made it, uh, which is why Jesus came. He came to take the responsibility for all the crud and to live a life without it, without sin, uh, and die on the cross to take all the consequences uh, of our sin and shame. And it might just be that someone here this morning just uh, needs to put their turn from their own attempts. We all make our own attempts to cure our own brokenness, and it never works. Uh, uh, And it may be that maybe someone that just needs to turn and trust in Jesus and say, Jesus, thank you that you took it, and I, and I just want to believe in you this morning. And if you do, just come and find me afterwards. I'd love to talk and pray with you, or if I'm too scary, I'll introduce you to someone who's nicer. Uh, is that okay? And uh, there's a lot of people about like that, I promise. So um, that, that would be good. Uh, the other thing is that um, no, Dima brought a word about changing seasons, which is more sort of maybe for some of us as individuals, but certainly I think for us uh, as a church. And God is uh, stretching us, preparing us. Part of that is a building, which is a huge big deal in some of our minds, not so prominent for others of us. But he's stretching us and preparing us, making us a people of prayer, a people that have got their arms open wide to welcome many others in. Uh, And it's important just for us as a church to say, hey, hey, yeah, things things are are changing and just to recognize that and thank God uh, and welcome the new season whatever that might mean for us it might mean we have to say hello to a few more people that we don't quite know it might mean we have to reach out to a few more people that are a bit different to us or invite some people into our homes uh, and all of that is good so uh, just uh, just wanted to underline those um, two things about giving God our brokenness trusting in giving it to Jesus, trusting him to deal with it, and just that changing of um, seasons. Um, just to say as well, we've got, a, we've got a range of new little leaflets at the back for those who are visiting us on a whole load of things like why does this church exist and why do you do this funny thing of plunging people on, underwater and baptizing them and things like that. And one of them is becoming a Christian. So if you're visiting us this morning, they're in little whirly things at the back, but you can find one uh, if you want to that might be where, where, where you're at. And they just explain some of what we stand for a, as a church and uh, some of what we believe. Uh, okay. 
Good. I, I want to talk this morning uh, on, on one of our fundamental things. I, I've been speaking the last ages on, um, on our culture, the things that are really important to us, and, and our vision. And, and this morning, I, I want to underline just one of them. We've got at the top there, pursuing God. And uh, God is it's a bit of a mystery. In fact, it's a lot of a mystery. Far, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want to talk this morning about... Why, why should we treasure the Holy Spirit? That's the question I want to pose. And it's, I think it's really important teaching. It's actually not very good sermon. It's got too many points. Just let you into secret. But it's good teaching, bad sermon. So you just, I hope you have grace to just forgive me that. Is that all right? Can we do that? Oh, thank you, all five of you. That's, uh, that's very good. So uh, pursuing God is part of, of our vision. We, we want to pursue him in worship. Pursue him in prayer, pursue him in reading the Bible, pursue him in, in actually encountering him. Uh, but of course, we all, we all come from different backgrounds. Some of us might come from uh, backgrounds that others think is a bit wild and woo. Uh, others, of us, uh, others of us come from backgrounds that others consider a bit snoresville. And, um, you know, we, we all come from different places. And, and, and I, I've lived quite a long time in Christian world. And in Christian world, I've realized that churches like, different brands of churches, like to take a bit of the Bible and make it extra special. So some of my Christian brothers and sisters take the bit about God working on your character. And, and, and they, they love that. I said, Holy Spirit makes you feel really bad about the rotten stuff, which he does sometimes. And, and he leads you into the good stuff and changes your life. And, and that's absolutely great. But they, those, those guys don't like to tend to have a little visit in Acts chapter 2 or, or Romans 12. That's, and, and then there's other churches. Uh, and those, that bit of Christian world says, I want the power of the Holy Spirit receive and all you know all that stuff and and that's great as well but but they need to stay stay there and the gifts of the holy spirit and 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 somehow some of these christians never visit each other do you you see what i'm saying so 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 what i want to do this morning is just refer to some bible verses and give a bit of a a bit of an overview can't go can't go in too much um depth you'll be pleased to hear because there's not enough time but just to just to say what well, why should we treasure the Holy Spirit? So I, I don't personally want to be in either camp. I, I, I believe balance comes in holding all extremes together. Uh, you know, you don't have to be one or the other, and you don't have to be sort of middle of the road, because middle of the road is sort of dead rabbits, really, and white lines. But I want to hold, I want to hold both extremes. I want to have all of the Bible not just a, a little bit of it. So I want to explain that, hoping that whatever part we're on, we, we'll come to embrace the whole. Does that make sense? Because it's a, it's a big Christian world. So why should we treasure the Holy Spirit? I think it's really important we have a, a biblical conviction. We're, we're people of this book, or we're trying to be, and it's important to have a biblical conviction. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to read quite a lot of verses. Hopefully they'll be on the screen as well. Uh, look at a verse, point to a truth, and just as importantly, point to a lie that we may have believed that that truth helps overcome. Does that, is that all right? So that's where we're going just for a few minutes this morning. So my, my first verse, we're dotting around a bit. I don't usually do that very much, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. So I, I, I'm looking in, Acts, in John chapter 14, 
uh, verse 16 and 17 and verse 20. And Jesus is speaking and he says, I'm going to ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate, someone who speaks for you, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. So there's Jesus saying, I'm going to ask God to give you someone to help you, the Holy Spirit. The world can't accept him, doesn't see him, doesn't know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Amazing. And then he says on verse 20, on that day, the day you receive of the Spirit, you realize I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. Now they're they're sort of a bit abstract, those verses, but it's quite amazing. He's saying the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, part of God, the Spirit of truth, lives in you. Talking to people who believe in Jesus. And he will be in you. And verse 20 is amazing. He's saying, just as God and Jesus are one, just as truly as that, the Holy Spirit will be in you. Now, now that, if we think about it, is absolutely mind-boggling, isn't it? The Spirit of God who hovered over creation before the world was formed that he would be amongst us with us and in us that's an amazing truth isn't it see see the truth is this we are not on our own that's the truth we could say loads of things about that verse but you if you're a believer you're not on your own now sometimes your feelings might say something else sometimes your feelings say i'm i'm just slugging it out anyone else I'm just I'm just I'm just trudging forward little step by little step but but the truth is you're not on your own and the lie is and there may be someone who's thinking that even this morning who trusts in Jesus but says I am all alone in this it's a horrible feeling isn't it when you feel all alone but the truth is if you're a believer God himself dwells in you and he dwells amongst us. So I, I want to start. Isn't that amazing? I, I think that's awesome. I don't know about you. I, I, I wish I could explain it better. I can't. I'm lost for words that God Almighty should give us. I mean, look at us. Just look around. <laughs> that God should give us his own spirit. That's absolutely astounding. So we're not on our own. That's that's a true truth here's another verse Romans 5 verse 5 Romans 5 verse 5 Paul says our hope does not put us to shame some translations say disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us We won't be disappointed because God's love is imparted into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Here's the truth. We know God's love. I mean, we know know it because of history. We know it because of the Bible. We know it because Jesus died on a cross and that demonstrates his love. But you know it in here, here or here, (laughs) somewhere there. Not just in your head, but in, in your heart. In your, in your guts, in, in your spirit. You know it because he sends his spirit. If, if you're someone who has doubts, that, that, there's good biblical stuff to look up. There's, there's truth about Jesus, there's facts. But, but you know, there's nothing like him pouring his spirit into your heart so that you know God's 
love. You feel God's love. And, and this is the lie. Nobody loves me. Anyone put their hand up to that? You don't have to put your hand up because if you feel that, you're probably not going to anyway. <laughs> Why would you? The lie is nobody loves me. But the truth is the Holy Spirit fills our hearts so that we know actually God loves me. God, do you know God loves you? God loves you. He proved it through the cross. You can look at that and understand in your head. I can see it. God's demonstrated it. But in your heart, to know and feel the love of God is a wonderful thing. So, so even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of disappointments, we can know God loves me. That's a great thing to be able to say, isn't it? Can you say that? God loves me. I feel it. I feel his love. I know I'm not on my own. I know God's love. Here's another verse, Galatians 4 and verse 6. A lot of Bible verses this morning. Because we are his sons, daughters are included in that. Because we are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. You're not a slave this morning. You're God's child. See, the truth is this. We know we are family with God. We're his sons and daughters. It's not just that we're not on our, on our own. It's not just that we're loved. We're family. We're family together with one another. We're family to him. See, I, I was brought up in a church where God was like, I don't know, 10 Downing Street, but much bigger and blacker. And, and the thought of coming to approach God was, and there was a right side of that. God is holy and wonderful and awesome and eternal and all of those things. But, but it was like little me walking up. You know, the thought of worship was like, knock, knock, oh, like that. But the truth is, when we walk up and approach God as a, as a believer, he flings open the door and says, it's so lovely to see you. He scoops us up in his arms. There's a, there's a throne of grace. Oh, the throne of God, scary. No, no, it's a throne of grace. It's a throne where, like my grandchildren this morning, you can run up and sit on his knee in, in, in a right way. In reverence, yeah, respect, yes, but also father. There's an Abba father. We know we're a family to God. Do you know you're a child of God this morning? That's, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's something he does. And here's the lie. I don't really belong. You ever get full prey to that one? Is that something that Satan whispers in your ear? I don't, I don't really belong. I don't really belong here. I don't really belong anywhere. I don't really belong to God. No, actually the truth is Abba, Father. See, see when, when God is your father, you automatically get a family. Some of them are a bit strange. But you automatically get a family. That's the truth of it. When God is your father, when he adopts you into his family, then you become part of a family. You're never on your own. That's a great truth, isn't it? Some of us might feel sometimes on our own, and, and, and that's a lie. Because actually, he's our father, and he's brought us into a wonderful family. So many verses here, I'm not sure which ones to miss out, quite honestly. But <laughs> Let's have a go at Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4, verse 30. 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And uh, if I can add into that. Incidentally, that, there's two things about that I can't resist. When it says sealed, it's a bit... Do you remember, you may have seen films of the old... Some of the old people here will remember doing this. Not looking at anywhere, Ken. But, um, but, but some, some of us have seen films of when they, they sealed, sealed a, um, a letter. Melt some wax on it and, and put a stamp on it. Legal documents still have that sometimes, don't they? And, and that proves... It's the genuine deal, doesn't it? That's, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He does a big on your life. He, he comes and says, Neil, I'm stamping you. You're, you're mine. That's, that's the Holy Spirit. But, but it's personal as well. It's not an impersonal thing. You're not, you're not a number. It's not like the lottery or some, some national insurance number. Because he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a personal relationship. God inside you saying, hey, you're part of my, my family, but, but don't grieve me. He's with us, but the Holy Spirit's a person. It's not like, may the force be with you. It's not any of that. It's, he's a person living amongst us. We can, we can know God. And, and he's talking about, hey, growing in his likeness. Saying, hey, don't grieve him. Be irresistible. Be friends with him. That's what he's saying. Let me partner with that, with 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse <coughs> 7 and 8. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God. The very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. At first sight, that, look, that looks a bit heavy going, really, doesn't it? But, but what he's saying is this. We know we can change. That's, that's the truth. We can change. He's saying, oh, God wants us to be pure. Well, how am I, how am I going to do that? Well, he gives you his Holy Spirit. That, that's how, how you do it. As we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, he changes us. How many of us have thought in our lives... I'll always be like this. Do you? I'll always lose my temper. <laughs> I'll, I'll always be fearful. I'll always, whatever it might be. That's a lie. The truth is, we can change. We won't always be like this if we walk with the Holy Spirit. That's, isn't that wonderful? God gives us the possibility of change through the Holy Spirit. Let me turn to Galatians 5, just to, just to underline that. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of cooperating with the Holy Spirit is love. Well, I don't love anybody. Well, the Holy Spirit can work that in you. So you do love people. I didn't think I could, but I, but I can. Joy, that sounds good. Peace, instead of turmoil. Forbearance, in other words, a bit of holding back. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says in verse 25, since we live by the Holy Spirit, let's keep in step with the Holy Spirit. As we learn to cooperate in our lives with what God is doing in us, because he lives in us, we keep in step with him. Come and be the Holy Spirit. A bit of promotion. See, 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 let's walk in step. 
See, sometimes I mess it up. I don't, you can't see, sorry, that's a bad illustration, but <laughs> I've only just, should have done it up there. Uh, sorry. But, but sometimes we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get out of step because we, we do our own stupid thing. But what Paul's saying is if we keep in step with the Spirit of God who lives inside us, then we grow and become more Christ-like. We become more like him. You see, holiness is not a heavy demand placed on you. Be holy or I'll smash you. Some Christians go down that route. No, no, holiness is an invitation and a walk. It's an invitation to walk with the Holy Spirit and become more like Jesus. It's a lifetime process. As he, as he picks on one little bit of us and says, oh, oh, okay, let's deal with, I don't know what it might be. That's your attitude to family. Oh, okay. Okay, let's deal with that past thing and forgiveness. Oh, let's deal with your lack of self control. And that's my experience anyway. It's a lifetime of walking with God. Let's keep in step. Wonder what the holy, it's actually an adventure, holiness. It's, it's an invitation to relate with God and let him shape our life. I don't know about you. I think that's exciting, isn't it? A, a relationship with him, him changing us. So, so we don't have to say, oh, I'll always, I'll always be really grumpy in the mornings. We might not be our best in the mornings, but God can help us. He can shape us. We don't always have to be anything. He gives us our character, our temperament, our personality, but he's working, changing us. It's, it's a dynamic relationship that we're invited into. So we know we can change. How about this one? We're just a quick one. Galatians 5, 3 verse 5 says, So I ask again, does God give you his spirit, it's a gift, and work miracles among you, by the works of the law or by just believing what you heard. This is amidst of a great big argument with the Galatians that, that God works among you. He saves you and he works among you just by, because of his spirit, just because of his grace and his kindness. So, so we know that we can see people healed. We can see miracles. Not because we're any great shakes, but just because we simply... Believe that he's in us and amongst us. So Jim last week was talking about some occasions where God has healed people, so cursed his knees and some other things. I can't remember now, but I, so, some times where God has healed people. Oh, see, the lie is this. The truth is we can see miracles. The lie is nothing will happen if I pray. Ever, ever believe that one? A few honest people. <laughs> Enough, oh, if I pray, nothing will happen. No, no, actually, we are a, a naturally supernatural people. We've, we've just, just got to live out what we are. Take the, oh, can I pray for you? Oh, my back's killing me. Oh, do you mind if I just pray for you? Take a risk. Let's be naturally supernatural. It's a lie that nothing will happen if you pray. It's, it's just a lie because his spirit moves amongst us. Two or three more. At Romans 12, verse 6, we, it says, we all have different gifts. It's talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, he gives his gifts to all, even though we're told to eagerly desire them. Some of us are a bit slack. But he gives his gifts to everybody. And here's the lie. I've got nothing to offer. Anybody believe that one? Sometimes we, maybe we do. 
No, no, we want to turn from that lie and believe the truth. His gifts are given to all. That's why we're all needed. In a church, there's two things you need. You need to be known and you need to be needed. We all need that, actually. And that's the kind of church we want to be in Hope Church. We want to be a church where you, there's context where you can be known, groups, activities, and, and we can all be needed. We can, we can serve and we can use the gifts that God has given. So it's a lie when you think to yourself, I've got nothing to offer. That's not true. It's really, really not true because he gives us all gifts and abilities. Here's one that you, you might not have thought of. It's um, Colossians 1 verse 11. Sorry, it's a bit listy this morning, but I think, I think it's good stuff. Colossians 1 verse 11. Paul says, talking to the church, he says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. Mm. See, see, the Holy Spirit helps you endure adversity. That's not such a popular one. No one's jumping up and down saying hallelujah to that one. But actually, no one's jumping up and down saying hallelujah to any of them. But never mind. <laughs> the ho- the ho- he's, saying, he's saying to this church that was going through difficult times and persecution, he was saying, you, you can be strengthened with the Holy Spirit. Oh, great, I'll come to the front. So that you can endure great difficulties. Oh, I'll sit back down again. <laughs> actually, don't we need that sometimes in life? Aren't there sometimes circumstances you think, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I'm feeling under pressure. I don't know what to do or I lack wisdom or I'm shattered. Or Actually, the Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can endure with patience. It's not very glamorous, but it's so important for us as individual Christians and even as a church. We can keep going. What can keep us going? His Spirit amongst us strengthening us on the inside some of us some of us have a a a life's walk that that involves adversity well we all do from time to time but some people seem like only god only knows why some people to have hello my friend ball yeah (laughs) that's my grandson that's my boy (laughs) some of us seem to have more than our fair share don't we how how do we and you look on and you think why why is that person suffering and i don't know about you i never have any answers to my why questions i haven't had a just i just don't but i know this the holy spirit and i know people that have suffered immensely tragedy after tragedy long-term illnesses bereavements it's been through things you think i have no idea why that's happening but my observation is that the holy spirit can help people endure and sometimes it's amazing you see people that have suffered huge things and you see them come into church tears streaming down their face and they're just worshiping god how can they do that well because the holy spirit gives you endurance gives you patience to keep going some of us need that don't we some of us need to say god fill me afresh not for a spectacular miracle just to keep going another day just to keep going another week walking patiently with the lord so the lie is no that that this trial is too big for me i i I can't get through this no with god's help 
you can. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, he, he talked about God's grace being sufficient. And he even said, I'll boast about my weaknesses. I'll, I'll boast about my weaknesses so that the power of God could just rest on us. Maybe some of us need that this morning in the midst of trials. Holy Spirit, would you just rest on me again? Just to give me endurance. And the last one is Acts 1 verse 8, where he talks about waiting for the Holy Spirit. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And the truth is, we can all witness about Jesus. We can, all of us. We can all witness about Jesus. And the lie is, only other people can do that. If it, I've lived a lot of my life thinking that. Only other people can be a witness. Only other people can evangelize. No, actually, his spirit in us enables us to speak up for Jesus. So, so um, what's the so what? I like a so what at the end of the sermon. Well, in your life and in our church life, could we treasure the Holy Spirit? Could we just treasure him? It doesn't mean being like a certain other sort of church. It's just, let's treasure the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's part of pursuing God. There's other aspects, but that's the one I've chosen this morning. Let's treasure the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that means, on the one hand, let's not grieve him. He's sensitive. He's a person. The person of the Godhead lives amongst us. Let's, let's, in, instead, let's keep in step with him. I, I was speaking to a church leader recently, a um, Pentecostal guy, a lovely man, and, and, I, and he had a real emphasis on holiness. But his church seemed filled with joy. And I, when I was a kid, I was in a church that had an emphasis on holiness, and they're more miserable than sinners. At least sinners were having fun. <laughs> Wrong fun, but fun. <laughs> But his, his church seemed so joyful, yet he had this emphasis on holiness. And I said, I asked him, I said, how do you, how do, you do that? Big emphasis on holiness, but you're not legalistic and you're full of joy. How do you do that? He said, I teach my people to try and live irresistible to the Holy Spirit. I like that. He's saying, let's live a, live a life that, that welcomes this Holy Spirit. It's, it's, Big emphasis on holiness, but he said, let's be irresistible. Let's not grieve him, in other words, but keep in step with him. Welcome him, and, and he'll change our lives and make us more effective. Okay. I, I want us to have, I don't know, in my mind it was like a little holy moment. Is that okay? Just a moment where we, where we pray and where we just are able to, if we've believed any of these lies, we can just say, Lord, I, I want to turn from that lie and I want to believe the truth. Can we do that? Let's, let's just bow our heads and pray, just quite simply. Holy Spirit, we've talked a lot about you. We just invite you to fill us afresh, rest on us. Lord, some of us have believed the lie that I'm all on my own. And we want to turn from that lie. We reject it. We thank you that we are not on our own. Holy Spirit, I pray for any who've believed that, that you would just come to them 
that they would know you're with them and in them. Come Holy Spirit. Some of us have maybe believed the line, nobody loves me. God, we, we reject that lie. We turn from it. We ask you to shed abroad your love in our hearts. Come Holy Spirit. Let's see anyone here who doesn't know your love. Come by your Holy Spirit afresh. Fill our hearts with your love. And Father, forgive us if we think in our, in our minds, I don't really belong. I don't belong here. I don't belong anywhere. Holy Spirit, come. Come to any who have believed that lie. We turn from it and we ask you, fill our hearts again with a great big Abba. You're my dear father. You're my dear dad. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, some of us have got down and think to ourselves, I'll just always be like this. I'll never get over this. God, we turn from that lie. We break it in the name of Jesus. We reject it. We thank you that by your spirit we can change. We ask you to fill us. We ask you to help us to walk in step with you. We don't want to grieve you. We want to please you. We want to develop our relationship with you. Come Holy Spirit. And Lord, if we tend to think nothing will happen here, thank you that you give your spirit. Thank you we haven't got to earn anything. We can pray and see you move and do miracles. Lord, I pray for any here who believe they've got nothing to offer. <coughs> Break that lie in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, for believing lies. We thank you that you give your spirit to anyone who asks. Thank you that you never give a stone when we ask for bread. We ask you, Father, that we would recognize the gifts you've given us. We ask you to bestow more of them amongst us in Jesus' name. And I pray for those going through adversity, Lord, wondering if they can really get through this. I pray, Holy Spirit, particularly for those who are suffering long-term illness, for those who have trials and difficulties in their personal lives, in their families, I ask you, Holy Spirit, strengthen us within reinforce us by your Holy Spirit. We pray for our brothers and sisters going through difficulty, Lord, that rather than thinking everything's gone wrong and I'm all on my own, that you, Holy Spirit, would be more filling them than ever before, that they would have uh, the ability to endure with patience, strengthened by you. And Father, I pray for every single one of us. Holy Spirit, fill us so that we would dare to open our mouth and witness for you. We, we reject the lie that only other special people can somehow witness and speak of you. We ask you to fill us afresh in Jesus' name. Amen. Spirit of the living.